You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of Seeking Witchcraft. It's myself, Ashley, and today I'm going to be talking about undercover witchcraft, and I'm finally going to talk about sigils. Yes, it's finally happening today. It's been a very long time coming. And as you're probably guessing, yes, this is a, I guess you can call it a special quarantine episode. Yeah, uh, I have been just pounding out these episodes recently, partially because like I haven't been the best with <laughs> keeping on track with old episodes. And also, yeah, we're all kind of under quarantine. I haven't left my house in uh, quite a number of days. Let's see, Friday. I haven't left my house since Friday, and today is Wednesday, so it's been it's been a while. <laughs> all right, so yeah, as I mentioned, today is going to be about undercover witchcraft. So what do I mean by undercover witchcraft? This episode is aimed for the people who are still in the broom closet, the people who want to practice witchcraft, who are pa- practicing witchcraft, who might be scared that they might not be able to actually do it because maybe they live with people. Uh, or they work with people, or they're surrounded with people who would be judgmental, or it would just be a bad situation. So this episode is for you. Hey. (laughs) And yeah, so we're going to cover sigils. I'm going to start with that first, because sigils are something I'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely recommend grabbing a piece of paper while I go through the sigil episode or the sigil part of this episode, I should say, because sigils are very easy to explain physically in front of somebody, but it's very complicated to explain through a podcast. So I'm going to try my best. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play my little ad. So while I'm doing that, definitely grab some paper and I'll meet up with you all in just a moment. All right. So here we go. Sigils. So what is a sigil? A sigil, there's a lot of different, ah, Jesus, different definitions for sigils. For basic purposes, you can say it's a charge symbol or it's a picture or a symbol or something that has an intent. It has like a magical working or focus behind it. It's supposed to aid you do something. So you may have seen sigils before, or you might be thinking like, oh, you know, maybe I know a little bit about sigils already, like kind of what they look like. Like how can just looking at an image, like make something magically happen? Well, I went to a workshop, uh, a couple months ago last summer in the city and somebody was there talking about sigils and he made the greatest comparison for me where I was just like, oh my goodness, wow, sigils are everywhere around us in our real life. And if you want to know the biggest area of sigils, look at the advertisement companies. If you see a little mouse head with two big or two big black round ears, you're probably going to think Mickey Mouse. If you see a little dash symbol, you might think Nike. (laughs) It's 
really crazy. Like looking at these advertisements, looking at the symbols that different companies have makes you think something. If you see perhaps a white coffee cup with a little green dot in the middle, you might start thinking, oh, Starbucks. And then you might start thinking, oh, I can go for a coffee right now. It's quite incredible the power that symbols have over us without even realizing that they're actually doing that. So symbols, mascots, advertisements, all examples of sigils. (laughs) So yes, they're everywhere. So to make a sigil, there's so many ways you can do this. Here's one of the ways. So say you want to make a sigil, or we can also call it a symbol, to help you let's say, um, become more motivated. So the important thing with sigils is that you're going to write out a short sentence, not like maybe a long one, but just, you know, two, three words of what you want to happen. So instead of saying, uh, but you have to be very clear with your intent. So instead of saying, I wish to be motivated, it's a little bit more than three words, but just work with me here. (laughs) Well, that's great. You want to be motivated. The sigil can kind of then help you, I guess, if you want to be motivated. So you need to rephrase what you're saying. You would maybe write instead for your sigil, I am motivated. There you go. That's clear. That's concise. The magical purposes know exactly what you want and exactly what you tell it to happen is what's going to happen. So go ahead on a piece of paper, write, I am motivated. Uh, I don't have a piece of paper in front of me. I'm a huge hypocrite. So I'm just going to be doing this as I talk with you guys kind of uh, off the top of my head. So write out I am motivated on a piece of paper. Uh, There's some ways you could do this. So you can take out the vowels and just look at whatever letters are left. So take out the every A, E, I, O, and U that's in your word. So whatever letters that you have left you might have like an M or like a V or like, you know, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, guys. <laughs> you are going to have those letters left and you're going to take out any letters that might repeat within that sentence. So I don't, I, let's see, you might, okay, so you'll have two M's because you have am, so you took out the A, so you have an M and then motivate starts with another M. So you're going to erase one of those M's or if you have you know, say you're not saying I am motivated, say you have some other phrase that you use, whatever double letters you have, take them out. So you only have one version of the letter left. So with the letters now that are left, there's a couple different ways that you could do this. You can, it's really hard to do this without showing you, unfortunately, but I'm going to show my best. You want to connect the letter somehow into a symbol. And I would recommend that if you're making a sigil, connect them a couple different ways. So for example, say you have, so let's say you have an M and you have a V. So with the M, you know, maybe draw the M upside down. So it looks like a W. And then maybe on top of one of the little, I don't know, (laughs) uh, spaces in between the M, you put the V and the V attaches to the legs of the M. So now it kind of looks like you have a diamond shape on one part of that letter. And you continue that with all the letters. So they're all touching some other letter within this symbol that you're creating. And this is why I say to make it a couple times because the first time you make it, it might not be so aesthetically pleasing. You're kind of playing around with it. And then you'd go from there. 
Another thing that you could do if you don't really like that method is some people will letter their numbers. So for example, A would be one, B would be two, C would be three. And some people don't take out the vowels, by the way. You don't necessarily have to do it. That's just one of the ways that you can make a sigil. So anyway, so you have um, an A, B, C, one, two, three type list. And you know you have 26 letters in the alphabet or whatever, and you divide that by three. And so then you'll have three different rows of um, numbers, okay? So there might be like a row or so that's off, but just bear with me here. (laughs) So then whatever letters you have left, you'll go ahead and trace them from one another. So what I mean by that is say you have, this is not for the phrase, but say you have one letter on one row and another letter on the third row. And the one letter on the top row is all the way to the right. And the number on the bottom row is all the way to the left. So whatever, oh my gosh, number, letter. (laughs) Letter numbers actually interchangeably, or you can use this interchangeably for this example. So if your letter is at the top of the row, you can go and you can trace it down to the next letter. And you can you don't lift up your pen or pencil or whatever you're using. You just continue tracing letter to letter, number to number, whatever, until you get kind of like this flowy symbol. And there you go. Then you will have your sigil. So as I mentioned, tons of different ways to do a sigil. There's not a complete right and a complete wrong answer. It's really what works best for you, just like everything in witchcraft. So I would say you could do either one and it'll totally work. So again, just a quick recap, if you're making a sigil, make sure whatever phrase you're using that you're going to turn into this symbol is very clear and very concise, and it's in the present, or actually, yeah, I would say use it in the present tense, because in the future, you don't know how long that future is going to be. And in the past, well, that's the past, magic can't fix that, but magic can help alter your present, or at least change something in your present to potentially alter your future. So there you go. That's a sigil. We're going to come back to using that a little bit later. And yeah, you can also make a sigil one other way. You can just organically draw a design without writing out a phrase. Some people do that. It's not a super uncommon thing. I personally like the phrase though, because you're putting a little bit more of your energy and your thought and will into exactly what this symbol is supposed to mean. So again, whatever works for you. Okay, so here we go. First off, again, before all of this, this is for the people who are in the broom closet, but you know, this could also be a creative way for people who are not in the broom closet to look at how to become an undercover or have an undercover witch life. (laughs) Okay, so I have just a big list of things that people who need to hide their practice for whatever reason or another, and we're just going to go through it. And one other thing too, if you feel that you need to hide your practice, don't feel ashamed about that because I'm partially in the broom closet with some aspects of my life. And I'll tell you, there's other aspects of my life. All of my friends at this point know I don't hide that from them because it's, oh my gosh, it's a wonderful feeling having people know. But there's other parts of my life that people don't know. And I don't have any plans to ever change that. And honestly, I don't feel bad about it. So I would say to anybody who might feel bad that, say, their parents don't know or, 
you know, a sibling doesn't know, don't feel bad. Don't feel that that makes you less of a witch because it absolutely doesn't. You're your own person. You're on your own journey, your own path. And if you feel that you need to hide your practice for one reason or another, then that's what you need to do. And (laughs) let me put this out to you guys uh, just as an idea. People have been hiding witchcraft practices forever. (laughs) Forever because people were put to death at one point or tortured because they practice witchcraft. So this isn't like a new thing, of course. So don't feel bad if you're practice or if you're hiding your practice because it's not new. It's going to keep happening, unfortunately. And you got to do what you got to do to make sure that you keep yourself safe. So there we go. Okay. So here's some ways that you can have an undercover practice. So I've mentioned this before, but you can have, if you want to have an altar, you can have what's called a shoebox altar or a car altar, or you can just have something that doesn't really look like an altar, but it's an altar. So what do I mean by this? A shoebox altar. Well, you can literally take a shoebox and put different things within that them. So this could be actually a really cool time to get creative by like those little tiny, tiny figurines that the craft store sells and paste them into a shoebox or perhaps draw symbols into a shoebox. You can also have different parts of the elements that you just keep within the box and that perhaps that you use them, um, like you'll put them in the direction. So for example, so in the east, you might want to represent air. So in your shoe box, you'll write off to um, where the east would be. So like on the right side. And you might put a feather there or keep a feather, tape it or glue it or draw it or whatever. You know, then for the west or for the west for water, maybe you have like a picture of a waterfall or something along those lines. Um, Or maybe even like a little bottle of water, a little dropper, something, you know, and then of course for north, for earth, you can maybe have a rock (laughs) or some dirt or, you know, honestly, even a crystal because it's from the earth. And then for the south for fire, a match or a piece of charcoal or, you know, something like that. You can also do the same thing in like a little Altoids tin box. You can make a little baby altar and keep it in your car. Or as I mentioned, you can have a non-fancy altar. So what I mean by this, and this is not a super uncommon thing. A lot of people actually have their normal altars like this. You don't need to have this super fancy altar cloth. You don't need to have these big statues of a god and a goddess if that's your thing. You can just have maybe one candle, maybe a journal, maybe some cards or something. Then again, if you're doing this undercover, you're probably not going to leave your journal out and you're probably not going to have your cards out. But you can have something super simple. Maybe have a single Yankee candle if you really want to make it seem like, hey, I just have a Yankee candle sitting on this desk. That cannot possibly be associated with witchcraft, which is hilarious because I use Yankee candles for a lot of my things on my altar, just saying. (laughs) Um, You can have maybe, uh, you can keep your incense there. And it's super popular to have incense now. I mean, you could buy it literally anywhere. You can go to Five Below or Walmart or probably, actually, you can even go to the dollar store and get it. So maybe keep your incense by the candle. And maybe keep a big feather at the candle, maybe something, or at the um, table. You can keep little things in an area that may look not very obvious to a random onlooker, but have meaning to you. So that's definitely one option. 
Okay, so the next thing you can do if you want to get more in touch with your witchy side, um, absolutely start taking more nature walks. Go on hiking trails. Connect with nature. So much of witchcraft is about grounding and being part of the environment around you. So hiking, nature walks, meditating outside, going on like little pedal boats, (laughs) like a local lake or something – all excellent, excellent ways to get in touch with nature. Along with that, stargazing. Not only stargazing, because you can just tell your mom or your dad or your sibling or maybe your roommate or whoever you might not want to know that you're doing this. If you want to go outside and stare at the moon, but if you don't want to be, you know, called crazy, (laughs) for example, switch it up and tell them, hey, I'm going to go outside and stargaze or, you know what, I downloaded this app on my phone to look at the different constellations. You know, I'm going to go see if maybe I can find them out or give some other excuse because normally when you tell people that you're sky gazing, they don't really bat an eye. I mean, they might say like, oh, okay, especially if it's cold outside. (laughs) But it sounds a lot better than saying like, hey, I'm going to go stare at the moon for an hour. (laughs) They They might question what you're doing, but stargazing excellent opportunity to use or excuse really to use but honestly stargazing is cool anyway so okay the next thing you could do is if you want to keep a book of shadows or a journal maybe a tarot journal or just a regular magical journal uh you can keep this on your computer you can make a password protected file You can maybe have an email account where you just email yourself entries. (laughs) And if you're doing that, make sure you don't email them to anybody else but on accident. Uh, You know, there's definitely ways that you can record your journey online that perhaps somebody wouldn't see it. And if you have maybe, let's say, somebody who lives with you who is very nosy and likes to snoop, a throwaway email address that you keep logged out would be a great place to do this. In fact, you can even make an email address just for a magical journal entry um, purpose. So every time you want to write up a journal entry, you send those entries directly to this email address and then you go in your normal email address and you know immediately delete <laughs> what you just sent. Okay. You can also do things like path workings, which I mentioned, and you can do that using, um, or, you know, guided meditations, which I do have an episode on. You can wear earbuds to do this. Most people won't question what music you're listening to if you're just you know hanging in your bed or on the couch or outside on a bus might be a little different when you close your eyes but usually if you tell people you're just you know chilling they're kind of (laughs) whatever the next thing you could do is you can take yourself out to a local bookstore maybe like even like a barnes and noble or something and take a look at some of the witchy books there now i know It's like not the best to go to a bookstore and sit there and read the book and not buy it, especially too. you want to be careful that you're not bending the spine. But if you're really, really, really desperate and you don't have a way to access this book online or through a library, you know, it's not terrible just to see what they have and maybe read a couple pages and then come back another day and read a couple more, you know, don't abuse that opportunity to be able to sit in the store and read the book for free without buying it. But you know, there's no harm in reading maybe one chapter of a book and then putting it back gently, <laughs> not abusing it. Uh, all right. There's also audiobooks. So that is definitely an option. Um, kind of goes with the guided meditation or the path working using your earbuds to do that. If you're very interested in joining a coven, now, depending on your living situation, you know, I would caution your opportunity and availability to do this because there's a couple things one if you're joining a coven 
you want to make sure that your attendance is on point. (laughs) I mean, if you join the coven and like, it's not really for you and you don't really like it, obviously you're not expected to come to every single meeting. What you're expected to do is to tell them up front, Hey, it's not for me. And then, you know, cut your, your loss from there, I guess you could say. Um, but if you do really want to go to a coven and if you think that this can be an acceptable excuse, you can tell whoever that, you know, you're going to a book club or a philosophy club or a gardening club or <laughs> something. But using the book club as an example, I'd recommend if you're going to do this, buy a book and make this convincible and preferably choose a book that you've already read and one that's long. So for example, Harry Potter <laughs> or things like Lord of the Rings. And you can explain to whoever, if they're really questioning you, like, oh, you know, we're reading Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, and we're just going one chapter at a time, because that gives you some time to build up your your um, coven meetings. Now, I would say if your coven or your training group or whatever only meets, let's say, twice a month, I'd maybe bump it up to uh, <laughs> two chapters tell them that you're you're uh, reading two chapters and meeting up so it gives everybody a week to week read one chapter that's a little bit more convincible um and yeah so that's definitely an excuse don't forget to have the book with you if you're going to use this <laughs> you can also do spell work and you can also cast a circle without saying any physical words so perhaps you do have a bedroom space for example that you can be semi-private in but you don't want to physically say anything out loud because everybody in your house can hear you because I've absolutely been in that situation before instead of maybe like whispering your words outside or in your room or wherever you're at and kind of like having that like oh man people can hear me and like that nervousness I personally believe that you're probably better off saying the spell with force and intense or intent in your mind and in your head And the same can go for casting a circle. Now, if you get the opportunity to say it out loud, I recommend it. There's definitely um, power with the physical word. But if you are in an opportunity where you can't do that, there's nothing wrong with saying it in your head and making sure sure that you're focusing your energy because it's better to do that than to kind of constantly be looking over your shoulder or stopping talking to make sure like you didn't hear somebody walk down the hallway or whatever. Okay, the next thing is sigils. You can use a sigil. (laughs) You can put a sigil anywhere and everywhere. You can put a sigil behind your phone case. You can put a sigil underneath your door when you walk into the house. You can put a sigil underneath your mouse pad at your work computer. You can put a sigil in your baking. (laughs) You can certainly draw something. And let's say you're making a cake or whatever and you need a sigil for, I don't know, motivation, creativity, something you can absolutely put a sigil into the cake so what I mean by that is when you pour it into the pan or let's say you're making a pie actually this is a better example we're making a pie on the pie crust draw the sigil on the bottom of it before you cook it because once you fill it with the pie itself and when you cut it up no one's going to see the sigil and the other thing with sigils they don't have to be these massively big things it can be very small that and speaking of um you know cooking kitchen magic oh my gosh guys totally a thing (laughs) this also goes into using various herbs to manifest whatever you want to happen look more into kitchen magic uh, oh my gosh kitchen magic I actually might consider having an episode on that um hmm 
think I just gave myself an idea. Yeah, in the future, I, I think I will absolutely have an episode on kitchen magic. So I'm not going to touch too much on it right now. But yes, kitchen magic is a thing. Long story short, without getting too into it, it's using different things in your cooking. For example, that help you um, or aid you in magical workings. Okay, so you can also make an astral temple and do circle and spells there. Now, this is definitely more advanced. (laughs) Um, That involves being able to have an astral temple um, and being able to be able to go to it pretty much whenever you need to. Um, it's, yeah, it's a little bit more intense. So if it's something you're really interested in, I would say look into that because I don't want to get too much into it as again, this is mostly aimed for beginners, but yes, that is one option. You can also use small candles if you're doing a spell or needing uh, or wanting to like light something on your altar. So you can use tea lights or birthday candles, for example, you don't need to use big candles or seven day candles or pillar candles or whatever. Um, if you want a wand or you want an athame and you're not able to, you know, <laughs> keep a giant stick in your room or a knife <laughs> without uh, raising some concerns, you can use your fingers. You can use, you know, your index and your middle finger, just put them together and, you know, stick your thumb out with it. And there's your athame. It doesn't have to be very fancy. I would recommend to, if you are trying to use a wand, um, it's not a bad idea to just use a regular stick. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. And especially if you're trying to keep this underground, I would recommend not having anything too fancy. Uh, yeah. You can also keep your magical items with you. And what I mean by that is say you're not able to keep them at home. Well, can you keep some things like some books, for example, in your car, like in your tire well, in a first aid kit or the owner manual of your car? Do you have a locker at work that perhaps you can buy, you know, that book you were reading at Barnes and Noble and you can't bring it home, but perhaps you have a place at your job where you can keep it. And, you know, if you do that, you might be wondering like, okay, well, I can buy the book and keep it in my locker at work, but when can I read it? I'm working. Well, you can always tell your whoever hey, I need to go to work at this time or say you'll be home at a certain time. But really, give yourself an hour more than what you say. So say you'll be home an hour later than your shift actually ends or begins so that you'll have that hour time that you can spend reading your book. And, you know, say your shift ends or whatever and you decide, I want to go home even though I was supposed to be home at five and it's four, like an excuse you can give. You can say, oh, well, they cut me earlier. Like, oh, well, like... I I messed up the time. I thought I was supposed to be home at this time and I'm not. There's tons of things that you can say. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's see. You can also keep, if you want tarot cards, you can keep your tarot cards in something other than the little box that it comes in. So if you have small ones, which there's absolutely many, many tarot cards. I mean, they're super tiny. (laughs) You can possibly fit them into a playing card deck, but I've seen cards that are honestly smaller than that. Like it's quite incredible how small they are. You can also make your own tarot cards. And this is actually could be a fun activity. You can even do something like taking a playing card deck and writing on the cards. Uh, let's see. Instead of tarot, you can also use a pendulum uh, or pendulum. And <laughs> you can, when you're not using your pendulum, you can actually make it into a necklace. So perhaps look into, you know, if you do have a pendulum, look into like, can you add another chain to it? Can you wrap it around that? Maybe not a necklace. Maybe you can make it into a bracelet or an anklet or something that you can do with it. 
Okay. Another thing is say for divination, you want a scrying mirror. So as I've talked about this before in one of my previous episodes, a scrying mirror is used for divination. Long story short, it's just a black mirror. Um, so if you want a scrying mirror, what you can do is you can still have this black mirror, but if it's one in a frame, keep a picture in the front of the glass so that it just looks like a normal picture frame. Or, you know, if your family notices that the frame's weird and, you know, like it's just black (laughs) and they're like, oh, why does this look like this? You could just tell them like, oh, you need to put a picture in it. Chances are they're not going to question why the glass looks black since they're going to probably think that that's just like normally what it looks like that you have to take the frame out and put a picture in front they're probably not going to notice that the glass itself is black so you know lots of workarounds here um let's see (laughs) if somebody catches you doing something like meditation or path working or an astral temple or whatever you can say like hey you're looking into yoga and like you're trying to practice your deep breathing or you know things like that And then the last thing that I will probably give as my advice is make a second Facebook to join witchy Facebook groups. And you can actually, if you do this with that throwaway email address that, well, not throwaway, but your journaling email address, you can use that email address to make this Facebook. And if you're making this Facebook for the love of all that is good, (laughs) all that's good out there, don't use your own picture don't catfish on anybody either, but don't use your own picture and don't put the name of your city in there. Oh my gosh. Cause you might end up coming up in somebody's people you may know, and that could be a whole thing. So just be very careful to not have any identifiers on your Facebook itself. And honestly, a lot of people do have second Facebook groups that or Facebook groups, Facebook profiles that are specifically for witchy type profiles. It's not unheard of. It's not uncommon. So no one's really going to question why your name is I don't know, Luna of the stars and your profile picture is like of a tree or a dragon or whatever. Because you can even put in your bio like, you know, Facebook profile for which shit, whatever. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so that's my list of ways that you can practice witchcraft or be witchy undercover. But you know, again, newsflash, people have been practicing witchcraft hidden for ever. This is definitely, definitely, definitely not a new thing. Uh, there's always obviously like the obvious things you can say, like hiding things under your, your bed or putting things in a junk drawer or buying one of those hollow books. It doesn't even have to be a book. They sell them at like TJ Maxx and Marshall's like containers that look like books, but they're really just like fancy containers. You know, you can always use that, but if you are trying to be very diligent, be careful And, you know, perhaps see if you can have a friend possibly hold your stuff if you're going to have family coming into town, things like that. There's a lot of things you could do. Um, And you know what? If somebody also catches you, you could possibly say, hey, you know, that's a Halloween decoration and try to pass it off as that. There's a lot of different options. And again, I know how much it sucks to stay in the broom closet. It really does because I've gone through that myself. So I'm here with you. I feel you. (laughs) But you'll get through this and it doesn't make you less of a witch. There's also one other thing too. You don't need to wear all black and listen to Stevie Nicks on repeat to be a witch. You don't need to wear crystals all day either. But, you know, sometimes when you are practicing witchcraft, you do like this witchy aesthetic. And as I've mentioned in a previous episode, I totally love the witchy aesthetic. (laughs) Luckily, I've been wearing it for so long. It's kind of just evolved into my normal style for my mother, for example. So she doesn't really question it. Um, But yeah, so if you're feeling bad that like 
you can't wear that even though like you're witchy but you have to hide it don't feel bad you can also do things too like you can still have crystals but wear them as earrings or have them as a necklace or something like that so yeah and plus honestly the witch aesthetic is really in right now so you can probably pass off a lot of new age stuff because much more of it's sold in stores so okay so that is about it for today that's um my advice a couple things I want to give a huge shout out to Amanda Stephanie and Daniel they're three people who signed up to be monthly supporters of my podcast oh my gosh guys please okay so (laughs) please let me know who you are so I can personally thank you anchor doesn't give me the information for people when they support the podcast and to be honest, I feel bad asking for support, but I have had people ask if they can help out and contribute some way because as I mentioned, any support I get into this podcast, I'm going to put or for my for this podcast, I'm going to put right back into it. So because of that, I if there is anybody who does want to support, I did make a Patreon. Um it's just under, you know, the podcast name Seeking Witchcraft. And the reason that I made it is so I can give back to people who want to support because I feel bad having supporters and I don't even have a way to say thank you or like something I can give (laughs) to express my gratitude. So the Patreon helps me with that. There's four different tiers of different things that you can get. They range from, you know, getting show notes or picking a topic to having a personal like one-on-one call with me, um, you know, just us two. So just putting that out there, um, you know, if anybody feels compelled, like that's awesome. If not, that's completely fine too. But I'm really so appreciative of everybody. Um, and I know, for example, as I mentioned, I want to put the proceeds back into this podcast. So what I, one of the things I'm actually having a goal for is I would really like to buy an actual microphone and some headphones. As I have made this very obvious, I record this episode right off my phone <laughs> and, um, it might be cool to have an actual microphone. So that's one of the things I'm going to work towards. But again, no pressure. If anybody feels compelled, that's amazing. But if not, <laughs> I still love you guys. <laughs> you guys are seriously the best. You're all really great. So, okay. Um, one other fun fact too in my own personal witchy life, because, you know, it's fun to say what's going on in my life sometimes. <laughs> uh, I So I'm under this quarantine, kind of like everybody else. And right before this happened... I went out and bought a bunch of supplies to learn how to make incense. So I'm going to try to figure out how to make incense. And if I'm successful, I'm going to maybe like sell it on an Etsy shop super, super cheap because, you know, why the hell not? (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I don't know, maybe be on the update or a lookout for that if you're interested, if you're an incense hoe like me. I fucking love incense. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I could also fail terribly. So I have no promises about that either. Okay. Um, as always, you can follow me on my socials, just Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At this point, you guys probably know how to find me, but if not, it's all seeking witchcraft. Um, my Facebook, I just post a shit ton of memes every single day in this topic. And I've been posting a lot of coronavirus memes too recently because that's kind of the society we're unfortunately in right now. Um, and then my Twitter is at seek witchcraft because seeking's too long apparently. And Instagram is just seeking witchcraft. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope everybody please stay safe. If you have the means to stay at home, please do. If you still have to go to work, thank you for all that you're doing. And if you guys can, please order delivery, tip your 
servers, your drivers tip because service workers, hospitality workers, entertainment workers are really taking a hit right now and any support you can give would be fantastic. And if you're a medical worker and you're listening to this, oh my gosh, thank you for everything that you're doing during this time. Same goes for people who are police officers or firefighters or people in crucial positions or positions that we don't even think about that are also crucial, crucial like sanitation workers and um, mail delivery drivers. So anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now. Thank you guys so much. Please stay safe and I will talk with you all really, really soon. All right. Bye everyone.